0: if you will, 1 Timothy 4. We've been talking about Satan's church, and really we've been talking about it as a manner of the vehicle that Satan has established to carry out the lie program. The lie program summed up in Romans 1, verse 25, is taking the truth of God and turning it into a lie, causing the creature to be worshipped more than the creator. And that's really the summation of it. That's really the ease of it, the simplicity of it. And we were talking about that. We're launching out of 1 Timothy 4 here, uh, the, the, the command in verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And the issue of reminding you of these things goes back up into verse 1 and 2 and 3. And the, the issue there, that where the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them, and here it is, which believe and know the truth. Verse 5, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And that issue there of the seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils, the vehicle that the adversary has developed and he developed it in the very beginning. And that vehicle in scripture it is it's it's called Baal worship. It's called the vain the Lord calls it a vain religious system. Okay, and that issue of Baal worship, and we looked at it. We spent the first two studies identifying it, and pay, paying attention to what it looks like. It's a, it's a, it's a system that has a, it's involved with the city. So there's a political environment to it. There's a, the, it, it has. Uh, priest called fathers, they wear robes and long clothes, vestments they're called, they do all of, they have ephod and a teraphim, so they've got the priestly clothes, and they've got the little aides to worship, and they got houses of graven image, and they got all of this, they, they call each other father, you know, they love that marketplace banter. And acknowledgement. And we saw all that, and we looked at that. And it culminates in Revelation 17 with in the Antichrist and in the false prophet. And and they as they sit there and they bring all that is worshipped under to one head. All everything that's worshipped is brought to a culmination. And we saw that. Last time we spent time looking at the issue of this being spiritually discerned. Okay? When you look at it just physically, not paying attention, this is why the world is caught in it. That's why Paul will use the word, course of this world. Okay? The present evil world. When the world out there looks at it, they don't discern anything wrong. They don't see it. They don't get it. Why? Because this is spiritually discerned. If you're going to take the word of God in order for you to understand the word of God, the verse there, he says at the end of verse 3, thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Believe and know. That means we're gonna, we know the truth about marriage. We know the truth about what we can eat. And what do we do? We know the truth and we believe it. It's sanctified by the word of God rightly divided. It's energized by prayer. That's what prayer does. Energizes the bunny and gets it going. When you do that, then you can look out across the landscape and with some spiritual perception see what's happening. Now, the world doesn't have that because the only way that you can spiritually perceive anything is to have the Spirit of God. That's how He works. The Spirit of God working with the Word of God reveals it to you and I. Well, the world doesn't have that, but yet there they are. It's there. What I want to do this morning is continue in that. And I want to catch some things here, some terminology as we go. We talked last time that we are to, come, up, come back with me to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. We can know this and we can understand what's happening here. It's spiritually discerning and we have the capability of knowing and understanding what the adversary is up to. And I I said it last time, the real conspiracy, the real deep state, those are big words that get bantered around, okay, isn't the politicians, it's this guy, it's the adversary. Because what is he going to do? We're going to read a verse here, he's going to weaken the nations. He's the guy pulling the strings. And as we move through this, we need to start at A and go to Z. But A is like A1, A2, A3, A4. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the beginning, okay? So I'm, gonna, I'm trying to take a whole bunch of stuff in the beginning and just kind of simplify it down for us to, for the broad as we move forward. We need to be aware of, Paul tells us, we're not to be ignorant of Satan and his devices. We're to understand this. So then literally when we look around the world and we see what's happening in this world, we are not overcome with fear. We're not overcome with, oh, my goodness, what's going on, Uh, trepidation. We're not overcome. Rather, we can sit there and say, this is why this is happening, because the adversary is in control. He's the prince, the power of the air. He's the one in charge right now. Isaiah 14, verse 12. In Isaiah 14, you have a prophetic picture of the end of of Satan, the end of Lucifer, the end of the old dragon, the end of the crooked serpent, the end of it as he is going to be taken and cast off into the lake of fire. So we are at the end of the thousand years, and we're right before the great white throne judgment, if you think about the timeline, where God has bound Satan for a thousand years, By the way, he does that so that man would understand. A man couldn't use the same excuse Eve did, which was the devil made me do it. It It's that way so man understands that their problem isn't the devil. Their problem is sin. And sin is what's making them do what they do. You see those shootings? You see everything that's happening in our world today, in our society, in our culture? Oh, my goodness. You know what's doing that? Sin. That's what sin does. That's what Romans 1 is describing all through there. That's what sin does. The devil didn't make it, made you do it. He just set it on its course and has the, the, uh, the structure to do that. And it starts right here, Isaiah 14, verse 12. Isaiah writes, now this will be the believing remnant, the little flock, as they are sitting in the kingdom, mocking The adversary, as he's being delivered into the lake of fire. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nation? See, the adversary accomplished something. His system is doing something. It is weakening the nation. What's weakening our nation is what? Sin. That's what's weakening it. It isn't, oh, my goodness, we can't have this policy or that policy or this economic deal. It isn't that. That's a byproduct of a simpler issue. For thou hast said in thine what? Heart. This is what this guy believed. Now, Lucifer is a cherub. Ezekiel uh, 28 and so forth described. He's a cherub. He's a cherub that covereth. He's the son of the morning. By the way, son, an adult. God wants adults running the creation. When God created Lucifer, he created him as an adult. Not as a child, but as an adult. And you know what an adult has? An adult has understanding, has some knowledge, has some wisdom. And as you read his description in Ezekiel 28, with all of the built-in tapestry and pipe organs and all that stuff, his job was to lead creation in worship of the Godhead, that was his. and he would come up with different mechanisms to do it. One is music. That's why music is such an, in- you know, that the international language of man is music. Have you ever heard uh, Latin music? Can't understand a word they say because I don't understand it. But man, I tell you what, you listen to it long enough, and what are you doing? <inaudibleclears throat> you know that's about all i know right well what is it it's an international thing do you know that you can play the national our national anthem and everyone in the building gets goosebumps from even the other countries you know how you know that because when you listen to their national anthem, what do you get goosebumps why because it's music it's designed to interact with you where'd that come from it comes from creation that's how god intended music to be that's why it's, we're teaching ourselves in what? Psalms and hymns and spirit. It's a teachable moment. And the adversary, Lucifer, I should, as Lucifer, okay, he's doing what? He's leading creation in worship of the creator until something happens. He said something in his heart, verse 13. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell and to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? What did shake the kingdoms you see that is he's on his way to lake of fire hell lake of fire and what does he say in the beginning what was his five five times I will ultimately he's going to do what by the way each one we'll look at them in a future study each position is a governmental position each position is a position of authority He's not talking about, I'm just going to be in control. He's talking about, I'm going to run the universe. Because the issue with God from day one is the issue of who is the authority in the universe. That's why the positions of rank and authority... Are going to be here. That's why in Ephesians one verse nine, when he talks about the will of the Father being made known and being revealed in verse ten, out there in the future dispensation of the fullness of times, what is going to be gathered back together? All things. And then you go to Colossians one, and you see these all things are principalities, powers, thrones, mights, dominions, all of that governmental structure out there. He's not talking about I want to possess the trees and the ground and the and the the water. Boy, we saw an eagle. Ooh, man, that, that dude fishing. I was, I caught, so the trout limit is four now. I caught four little dudes. They were that big. I mean, they were little. I, they were little. Throw them back. This guy, he comes scooping in there. One, and he must have been like that big. I was, and I, you know, it was bigger because the bird, because of the, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he didn't bat an eye. Lucifer doesn't want to control that. He wants to control the authority over all of that. He says, I will be like the Most High. Hold on to here. Well, you can let it go. Run back to Genesis 14. On your way to Genesis 1. So as we begin the morning here, what does the adversary say? I will. I will. Their sin. That's why Timothy will say, Paul is saying, in Timothy, that pride is what got him. Pride. Middle letter of word pride is I. I. I will be like the Most High. Genesis 14. Look at Genesis 14, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God. Now watch what that title means, comma, possessor of heaven and earth. So when the adversary says, I will be like the most high, he's not talking about just being the top dog. He's talking about the one possessing the heaven and the earth, the one that's going to possess the authority to be in charge of heaven and earth. That's where the adversary is. Now go to Genesis 1. He wants to take hold of all of the positions of authority. He wants to be the supreme ruler over God's creation. Now, you've got to remember, he's a cherub. He's a created being. He's not God. He can't be everywhere. He's got to have minions, and that's that thing where Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 talks about men and the issue of them appearing to be like the... uh, Preachers of righteousness. I I missed the word up now in my mind. And so forth. And it's and and Satan transforms into the angel of light and the ministers, ministers. That's the word. Ministers of righteousness. Why? He can't be everywhere. Why? He's created being. He's not God. But what's his plan? I will be like him. That's what he said in the beginning. By the way, at the end, you know what he says? I am God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, what does he sit in that throne in verse 3 and 4 saying? Not, I will be like them. He says, I am God. See, the delusion all the way through starts with, I'll be like him, down here to being, I am him. And that's the, the, the trickle. Now, Genesis 1.1. Watch this now. Now, think about what, what is Lucifer after? He's after rule and authority. He wants to be the one in charge. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now, in the future studies, we'll run a bunch of verses on the creation thing there. And what does he create? He created government. He creates the universe. He creates the heaven and the earth. It's there. It's perfect. Come on, hold on to Genesis 1 and come to Psalms 95. I'll be honest with you folks, if you want to understand creation and what's going on, you need to get out of Genesis 1 and 2 and get over in the book of Job, and the book of Psalms. This one's not on your list, okay? Sorry. This one came to me in a vision upon my head as it laid there. No, I'm just kidding. It it hit me this morning as I was checking the mail next door. (laughs) Look at Psalms 95. And look at verse number 5, about creation. By the way, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the five books, Moses is writing as they go into the land, so the end of Deuteronomy. That's when he writes it. And he does it to explain to Israel what has happened to them, but why it all happened to them. That's why in Deuteronomy he'll say, their rock, little r, is not like our rock, capital R. Why did Israel have such trouble, unbelief? And he lays it out for them. Psalms 95, look at verse 5. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands, what? Formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our, what? Maker. What is he? He's a creator. In Genesis 1:1, in the beginning God created. What did he do? He formed the dry land in his hand. When you form something, it's got purpose. It's got a reason. It's got a something it's designed to accomplish. So back in Genesis 1-1, when he created the heaven and the earth, he didn't just go, oh, let's just throw it up there and see what happens. And call it art. You know that, right? Just, and, Oh, that's so... Pr-. No. He says, nope, we're going to put... Job talks about the the, the Maseroth and and Orions, and the bands, and, of, uh, and, and uh, the Zodiac, but he uses the names, okay? <laughs> Why? And the ordinances that will hold it all together. He's forming, it's got purpose, it's got reason. There's an interest, interesting thing. I was just reading this morning that they're trying to find water on Mars, right? And the guy in the article says they're missing Venus. In Venus, there's probably water on Venus because it all sits right within the realm of our sun. And because of our sun and how it is, it's where how water can survive is because of where the sun is and all this. And that on the earth, every microbe, microbe that is known to man is found here on this planet. And I'm sitting there going, man, isn't God such a great creator? And now they've got a hundred seventy-five thousand billion-year thing. You know they got their little thing. But the thing is, is when he made it, he made it with a purpose. It had a form. It had structure. It had reason. Amos nine talks about he for, he created the stories in heaven. Those that governmental structure is there. Now watch verse 2. 1-2. Two. And the earth was without what, form and void. Without form would mean what? No purpose. No structure to it. So it's void. It's worthless. Did you see that? He creates it and he forms it. He got a purpose. And now we have without it, it's all jumbled up. Something happened. So you begin to look at this and you go, okay, now it's without form and void. And again, I'm, I'll teach you with the future study of running some of the creation stuff. But you th- think about this. It's with it and now it's without it. So then what happened when, it's, when he, that phrase without form and void, what are we talking about? By the way, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Why is there darkness here now? God is light and in him there is no darkness. But now we have darkness. So what did God do? He withdrew himself from his creation. Think about that. It's without form and void. A judgment has happened. Go over to Jeremiah 4. A judgment has happened. And a component and a piece of the judgment is God withdrawing himself from his creation. Because somebody's popped up. Oh, Lucifer, the adversary. And you know what he said? I will be like the Most High. By the way, what happened when he said that? He took a big chunk of the angelic being. Why? They're the only ones there. He went out and he trafficked. He merchandised his lie program to the angelic realm. And he took them, they fell. Gabriel and Daniel says, Gabriel says to Daniel, Michael and I are the only two left that are on God's side of the higher echelon. By the way, you take the upper echelon of business, what happens to the lower ones? They usually just follow. So now you've got a fallen angelic realm and you've got an elect. And the moment, the thing that stopped that rebellion in the heavens out there was when God created Matthew 25, when he created hell. He created hell for the devil and his angels, and that stops the rebellion, quells it. That's all happening in between 1-1 and 1-2 here. It's all happening here. By the way, the gap theory, everybody's got an idea. Have your idea. That's wonderful. That's fine. Just don't put any time on it. Because when you put time on it, that's when you begin to kind of look foolish. Because something does happen between one, one and one, two. It's the fall of the adversary, because you have creation perfect and without, with form and purpose, to now creation having no form and void. So something happened and dark. The problem with the gap series stuff that I hear and read and look at is people try to put time on it. You have no way of knowing. I'm sorry just know, identify something happened there, okay? You got Jeremiah 4 now, right? Jeremiah 4 is the only other place where that term, that phrase, without form and void is used in verse 23. I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void and the heavens and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. And what he's talking about, verse 20, destruction upon, I'm sorry, verse 19. My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace, because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of the war. Jeremiah four nineteen. The alarm of war. He's talking about the, he's describing the the conclusion of the battle of Armageddon. The conclusion of the second coming. And he uses a term there of judgment. I beheld the earth and it was what? Without form and void. So that term without form and void is judgment. And a component in the judgment in Genesis 1 verse 2, come back to Isaiah 24. A a picture of that, a a component of that, of that without form and void, worthless and empty, was him removing himself from it. Isaiah 24. That is a reaction to Lucifer saying what? I will be like, I'm going to start something now. I'm going to weaken the nation. I have a plan. I have a merchandise. I have a traffic. I've got a vehicle here. and he uses religion to do it. And a modern-day manifestation of that is the Roman Catholic Church, but don't just stop there. Look at the Protestant stuff as well, because it's just a little bit off, but it's the same stuff. They got a queen of heaven. They got a female they got all that stuff, the scripture says, belongs to Baal and the adversary. Okay. Isaiah 24, verse 1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. That's the idea of without form and void. So when you go back to Genesis 1, that's what's happening here. Genesis 1 and verse 3. Now let's think about this. Did the air conditioning go off? Are you guys okay? Okay, because I don't hear it. Oh, you're not cold? Okay. Look, Look at Genesis 1. Look, if you will, at verse 3. Well, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God, what? Said, let there be light, and there was light, and then God, and, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day. Notice it's a capital D. Okay? And then he called the darkness, he called night, a capital N. That's significant. Personification. Here's what's going to happen when the light shows. We're going to call it day and the night. But what did God just do in verse 3? What's the first three words? And God said... And here begins the battle between God and Satan, God and Lucifer, the adversary. As God begins to move forward with his plan of creation, how does it start? And God said. Now look at Genesis 3. Genesis 3. And verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. What did the adversary do? Did God really say that? God said it. What does Satan say? Did he really say it? Like you heard him. Did he really say it? So what's happening? The field is now being leveled. God uses the same tactics that Satan used to deceive Adam and Eve. God's using to do what? Battle away. Now it's a, and he said. God said. That's why the next six days of creation are what? God speaking. Why? Because who's coming? Satan. And what is Satan going to say? Did God really say that? So the ground, the, the, you know, God could have just easily said, Satan, be gone, and you're done, and you're toast. But he didn't say that. Rather, he said something else. He goes, I'm going to do something else. So God used the same tactics that Satan's going to use to deceive. God meets Satan on a level ground. Because now it's about who's in control, who's in the authority over the universe. Is it going to be God and creation and the creation plan that he has with man and so forth? Or is it going to be Satan and what Satan says? What's it going to be? So what does God do? Come back to chapter 1. We have the, the sixth day, verse 26. God just moves on. You know, it's very fascinating to me. When you read about the creation events, God is never worried. He never gets perplexed. He never gets, oh, no, what are we going to do? He just goes on and does it. He just moves to the next point. Genesis uh, 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. By the way, that's two things, image and likeness. Image, you're going to wear God's uniform. Man's going to look like God. God was a, he was clothed in light. That's what he is, Psalms says. So what's man going to be? Man's going to be clothed in light. But think about light, refracted as what? A rainbow. Man had on the original coat of many colors. Why? Because that's how God was clothed, with a, a light, a rainbow of colors. So when man works through creation, what does creation know? What does those angelic realms know? There's God's man. There he is right there. That's the image of him. Then the likeness, there's the three-part piece. There's all of the movement, the attitudes, and the, and the characteristics and so forth. But you can't miss what, what is God doing. God's saying, look, I'm going to put in there my guy because I have a plan for him. What's he going to do? And let them have dominion over. You see that issue of having dominion over. He's what's what man. What is man going to be? He's going to be the king. He's going to rule and reign over the create the physical creation. And God says, let him rule over it. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And what? Why does he have to say subdue it? Why does he have to say have dominion? There's an enemy in it now. There's an adversary in it. There's someone here who's saying, did God really say that? I don't think he did. And man says, should have said, yes, he did. Now buzz off. But man didn't say that. (laughs) Man said, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, George, here we go, you know. Subdue it and have dominion over, and off he goes. Chapter 2, look at verse 7. Think about what Now, that's God. God's going to make man. Think about Satan watching this. Because here's the adversary. He's watching this. God doesn't do this over behind closed doors. God does it right up front in front of everybody. He's actually turned the lights on. Watching. Watch what he does. And the Lord God... Now, by the way, chapter 2, verse 4 to the end... Happened back, or happened, uh, actually, I should say, 2 to verse 8, 9 there, happened back in chapter 1, okay? All right? It's uh, 2 7 here. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Look at what he did. He made a dirt man, he made a mud man. He takes dirt, and what did he do? He formed man of the dust. What did he do? He took the dirt, and he formed you. You know, you have a re- there's a reason why you have two legs, two arms, a head. You know, you're made this way. Why we're all made this way. There's a- He's got a purpose for it. He formed man. Then he, by the way, God, Satan's watching him do this. Do you think Satan's worried? Here's a dirt man. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's the spirit given to him. And, that, and man became a living soul. There's the, there's the three-part. We studied this last uh, year or two ago, maybe now. And he, what, what Satan missed? What did Satan miss? He missed that inner man issue. What did Satan see? He sees the body. And you know what Satan says? I can take this guy. Come over to Psalms 115. I I got this. Satan literally, Psalms 115, literally watches God make a creature, man. He creates this guy out of dirt, out of mud. And he says, man, you're going to run the earth. You're going to rule over the earth. You're going to have dominion over the earth. Do you think Satan's worried? Not at all. I can sneeze on this guy and he's gone. He's dirt. Psalms 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Satan's, now what can Satan do? He can come and go. He's, he's flying all over the place. The angelic hell, they up and down, they're everywhere. This guy's stuck on the earth. I got him beat 10 different ways right here just watching him. He's made out of dirt. He belongs on the earth. He can't move up into the heavens. By the way, that would cause Satan to think that the heavens were what? Secure. No threat by man. Because man is stuck where? On the earth. God's first step in his reclamation program of the universe is to create a guy who's stuck in one realm. He can't move into the heaven. He's stuck on the earth. Satan's not worried. Go back there to Genesis 3. He ain't worried at all. He's of of no no dramatic, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? So what does he do? He goes, I'll go see Adam and Eve. I'll go pay man a visit. Now, he's watched man. He's studied the man. Think about studying man. There's whole schools for that. You want the best history about human uh, viewpoint and thinking? You ought to read 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, and 2 Kings. You don't need a psychology degree. The old book lays out man's thinking like that. Satan sits there and goes, this guy, he took him an hour. It didn't take him days and months and years. He knew how to do this guy over in 60 seconds. That's even quicker than an hour. 3-1, what does he do? Yea, hath God said. He didn't come in and say, okay, I'm going to put this over here and we're going to rearrange your DNA and do all that. He didn't do that. He just said what? Did God really say that? That's all he said. And the woman said, verse 2, unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. Wait a second. God never said that tree was in the midst of the garden. Somebody's told her that. She didn't. You go back and read chapter 1, verse 20. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's all he said to man. What did oh Lucifer say? Did God really say that you couldn't eat of that tree in the midst of the garden? So Eve repeated it back. To, she repeated the lie right back. She didn't correct herself. She didn't say, by the way, Adam's standing there with her. He didn't even stop it. But of the... Fruit of the tree, verse 3, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. He, she added touch. She added legalism into it. He's saying freely. There's grace. Which all Lucifer did was say, yea, hath God said. He's not inventing anything new. He just took the truth of God and shifted it one degree. That's all he did. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof. Here, don't, boy, if you want to know the hidden meanings behind all, you want the decoder ring, you want the code to break the code, and All this, you need to get on board because there's some things God doesn't want you to know. Then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw see the circumstance she's made a decision based on an emotional response to what was placed in front of her what'd she do well she took a bite of the grape and she handed it over to adam and adam took it verse 7 and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked isn't that interesting He sold it to her. He merchandised his whole scheme. He made the lie look like the truth, and she took it. She gave it to Adam, and he took it, and they fall. And you know what they do instantly? They sewed fig leaves together uh, uh, and made themselves aprons. You know what they did? They instantly created religion. They instantly created exactly what... Satan needed them to create so that his vehicle to take that lie is now being developed. He did it right there. Now the vehicle's in motion. Religion. All he did was take the truth and one little tick made it into a lie. And you, by the way, you know that if you look down there at verse 10... God's looking for Adam. But he knows where Adam is. This is an issue of accountability. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? They, they have podcasted in to the lie. Somebody told them that. Adam didn't understand what it was to be naked. Yeah, no clue. They were naked and were not ashamed. Now they're what? Ashamed. They bought into the system. And in verse 7, Romans 5, verse 12, is now a reality. For by one man sin entered into the world. Satan fell. He had an I will plan. God's response was. Judgment, and because now there's an adversary in, an enemy in, Genesis 3, verse number 15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now there's going to be a conflict that's going to rage all the way down to the end, and it's going to be over the seed of a woman, right? Which goes to the seed of Abraham. That's why you got Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17, Genesis 27, 28. We're not going to look at all those. I just gave them to you because that's where they're at. Okay. And what's going to happen here? The, God's response: create man, and through man now we're going to reclaim from the enemy what the enemy took. You with me? Reclamation program reconciliation of the world reconciliation of all things Colossians says it we're going to use man you know what Satan did come on give me your best shot because this guy ain't going to make it because I just took him with two little did yea, hath God said I didn't do nothing I just said that and look at watch him go and God and God says to Satan okay there's going to be a seed issue that's going to happen and it's going to be the seed of a woman which turns into the seed of Abraham, Genesis 12, which then moves to the issue of a son, not Ishmael, but Isaac, not Esau, but Jacob. Jacob has 12 boys, and we got the 12 tribes of Israel. And in the 12 tribes, the one tribe, Judah, is going to have where the Messiah is coming out of. And you know what he does? God literally tells Satan everything he's going to do. And you know what Satan does? He attacks. He attacks. He attacks. And he can never quite get it because there's always a believing element there. Exodus. Moses comes in. They leave Egypt. Exodus 19 in verse 8. Come over to Isaiah 49. Actually, get Exodus 19. The law is given here in Exodus 20. Exodus 19, they've come out of Egypt. They've been walking around the wilderness for a few years. God's educating them about his Jehovaness. He's there to provide for them, to be their Jehovah, to, to be what they need him to be. I am that I am. I am fill in the blank. Whatever you need, I'll be that for you. And he demonstrates that in five critical tests. Israel rejects it takes it, believes it, does it, you know, they respond in unbelief. Finally, God's just had enough. He says, look, here it is. Exodus 19, verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the, pe- of the people unto the Lord. Well, what did he say? Verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 5. Now, uh, now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. Notice it's covenant, singular, Abrahamic covenant. Then you shall be a peculiar treasure uh, uh, unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses goes down there, and you know what they say? Instead of saying, look, we just learned we can't do this. We have to have Jehovah. They said, hit us with it, and we're on. And the moment they do that, verse 9 and following, the Lord is an angry God, and he sets up a head. He says, now you can't come up here. If you come up here, I'll kill you. Now you got to go through the priests and you guys and he begins the chapter 20, he gives the thou shalt not, and you know what happens? He establishes, come on over to Isaiah 49. He establishes with Israel that Mosaic law, that Mosaic law covenant, the if and the thens, and you go through. The Old Testament, we're not going to do it because time's coming to an end. And he sits there and he says, if you do this and I'll do that, and if you don't do that, then I'm going to do this. And we have a covenant relationship. And when you disobey my word, you break the covenant. And when you read about a famine in the land, It's because Israel has broken the word of God. They're not obeying God's covenant. Whether it's a famine of food or of babies or of losing their neck in a battle, whatever the situation is, you can trace it right back to Israel not obeying God's word. Isaiah 49. Okay? What's happening here? By the way, what happened in Genesis? Well, we'll get there. What did Israel do? What did Satan do to Israel? Well, you saw it a couple weeks ago. He introduces Baal worship through the tribe of who? You remember? Dan. Micah, we looked in Judges there. What does Satan do? Satan watches God create with Abraham that seed. He sees that happen with Isaac, not Ishmael, Esau, I'm sorry, Jacob, not Esau. And Satan says, I can get them, that's no problem. Just like I got Adam. I just got to wait. To the moment. He seizes the moment, goes in, uses Dan, introduces into Dan Baal worship. King Ahab, later with old Queen Jezebel, sits over there and introduces Ethbaal. That's her dad. You think they got a little Baal problem, don't you? (laughs) And what does he do? He introduces Baal worship into the northern tribes of Israel as the official. Religion of Israel. God looks at Judah and says, You see what your sister's doing? You better be careful or you're next. And you know what they did? They were next. They didn't heed the warning. And you know what old Satan says? Israel, Deuteronomy 4, God's people, the nation that the nations were going to look for and say, Man, look at how great it is to have God so near. You know what they are? They're mine now. Why? Because they broke the covenant, they broke the agreement. They are lawfully captive. They're mine. You with you've? Okay, now we just did a lot of history in like 10 minutes, okay? All right? Now watch Isaiah 49 and watch 24. Now, we're at, I'm, I'm after something very specific, not so much what's in the context. This is the adversary. Okay, well, all right, context. Isaiah 49, you have Israel. You've got them being restored into the land, kingdom, millennial kingdom, the 70th week of Daniel is over. The second coming is happening. And they're going to go in. And oh, Satan objects. He says, wait a minute. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? And there's your mighty man and the strong man and all that the Lord talks about in, the God, in Matthew and Mark, Luke, and John. Okay? The prey is Israel. Why is it Israel? Because that's who God's using to reclaim the earth. Remember, Satan ain't worried about the heavens, is he? He's worried about what? Just the earth. Israel is earth. Belongs to the earth. It's theirs. It's a literal, physical, earthly, Davidic kingdom. It's theirs. He says, hang on a minute. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Now, the prey be taken. That's the first half of the 70th week. Or the lawful captive Delivered. Hang on a minute, the adversary is saying. They belong to me because they broke your word. You can't restore them. You can't deliver them. But that's why verse 25 and 26, there's the response by God is, oh, yes, we can because of who Jehovah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was and what he's accomplished, Okay? That's why the verse end of verse 26, I, the Lord, am thy savior and thy redeemer and the mighty. We can't, I can because of what he did. See? What I want you to catch is that lawful captive. Israel, in her career, Satan has placed Israel, God's chosen vehicle to reclaim the earth, in his captivity. He owns them. They're his. They are unusable by God to reclaim the earth in this condition they can't be used remember when we started 1 Timothy 4 what's he want to do he wants to cause you to depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of death what's Satan done pull them out Now think about what Satan's doing here. He looked at man, Genesis 1 to 11. He didn't have to worry about Man did for man what Satan said he would do as he put him on that road. And what did God do in Genesis 11? Romans 1, he gave them up. He turned the Gentiles loose on their own. And he turns to Israel, Genesis 12, right? What did he do with man? He let man be captive under Satan's grip. He turns to Israel. Now Israel is what? In Satan's grip. Follow? Now, come over to Ephesians 4. Israel. Satan looks at this, and you know what he says? I win. Because I got man... The Gentiles under my dominion, and I've got Israel under my dominion. That's why, um, Ephesians 4, that's why in, Isaiah, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and, uh, Matthew and Luke there, in the temptation of Christ, when he pulls him up and he shows him the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord doesn't say, wait a minute, Israel's mine. He's, Israel's included in that. Why? Because he's got them. They're lawfully captive. They broke the covenant. Yet God had an answer doesn't he it's called Calvary <laughs> but it's called what Calvary means now I want to catch a phrase and then we'll be done what did what did the Lord do on the road to Damascus to Saul of Tarsus he gave an answer didn't he as Saul of Tarsus who was Paul who was he bad guy oh yeah but persecuted the church a little flock he was a bad guy but as Paul the Apostle, what was given to Paul? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, that hidden wisdom of God. We looked at it last time. That if the princes of this world had known it, the hidden wisdom, they wouldn't have done what? Crucified the Lord of glory. Because what was given to Paul? That last step in Revelation about the seed of the woman and what was going to happen. So God had an answer. And you know what he did? He kept a secret. And that secret that he kept, when he made it known, you know what Satan did? Uh-oh, what did I do? Because instantly now, heaven and earth is in jeopardy. Through the fall of Israel, through the casting away of Israel, what is he able to do? Romans eleven fifteen: reconcile the world. He can deal with all of it now without Israel being there, he can do. Paul uses a term, and we're going to catch this term and pick up on it next time. In, in in Ephesians 4 verse eight, wherefore he saith, "When he, and that's the Lord, ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men." Ephesians 4:8. Now watch the parenthesis. No, well, verse 8, he led captivity what? Captive. He's going to take what, is, what Satan claims to be his, what's captive, what's captive, man and Israel, and he's going to liberate it. That's leading captivity captive. POW, he took the POW camp. And he moved it to his camp. He took the captivity and he moves it. Now watch the parenthesis. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens and that he might fill all things. The parenthesis is the explanation of the the mechanics of how he leads captivity, captives, and then gives the gifts to men. And that issue about the captivity, captive, lawfully captive. Satan's whole goal, the vehicle, is to do what with man? Hold them in captivity. That's the goal. The Lord says, I got a plan. And I'm going to free that captive. And when I free it, I'm now going to be able to do everything I had planned to do, not only on the earth, but also in the heaven. Okay? And the parenthesis... And 9 and 10 get so misunderstood, so we're going to look at it, okay? Satan's church, it's a vehicle. I call it a church because it's a religious system. And its design is to take you, to cause you to move away. And he's been doing it since day one, actually before day one. And he introduced it into man. Man is held captive. He introduces it into Israel. They're held captive. The Lord's return, the Lord's descent, he descended. He he that ascended, what is it that he also descended for? His descent, he left heaven's glory, didn't he? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. He was equal with God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But what did he do? He humbled himself, and he took on the form of, and he became obedient to. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And he does it all so that he can liberate the whole structure. And that's what I want you to see. Satan's got a, he's got a vehicle. It's called religion. He takes scripture and just one tick off. That's all it has to be. Just one tick off. The difference between the word freely and the word touch. It's, that's it. The addition of the word in the midst. That's it. And he's got it and he's got man and you know what he does for you and i he can never get us out of christ we're sealed into that position but he can make you useless in life and having an impact in other people's lives for the benefit and the honor and the glory of god our darling father we thank you for the morning we thank you for your word We thank you for the the look into your word, the scriptures here. The thinking that you have about all this. And Lord, I pray that it becomes our thinking and our mindset. That as we look into these things and as we grasp them, that they would just be instructive to us. And that they would help us as we move forward in time and in our lives and in the circumstances of our lives. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's stand.